Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Listener question episode. It's the sixth time I've done eight questions. Seems to be a nice rhythm to that. It's less than two minutes per question on average. I have a chance to address some things that aren't worth a whole episode, I don't think. But if you do think you'd like to see more on a certain question or a certain topic, feel free to send in. The questions come through Instagram, through YouTube, through my email, drjamesbeckett at gmail.com. And some things came up at the card show at the National Sports Collectors Convention. So always open to your suggestions. Thanks, sponsors, Tops, Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Compsy.com, and... Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So first question or comment was from Zach and Porter off YouTube, mentioning the Bill Russell tribute episode that Rich and I did. And he said, two legends talking about another legend. Great show. Two lowercase legends, perhaps Rich and myself, we're perhaps a big fish in a small pond, whereas Bill Russell... Larger Than Life, truly a capital L legend. And we were delighted in talking about the life and legacy and collectability of Bill Russell. I'm 10 years older than Rich, and so I had more of a chance to see Bill Russell play and all that. Yeah, it was a joy to do that. And again, we're trying to add to what I read in the obits and bring some sports card insights. Second question, which is more anonymous, was why are you not doing a Vin Scully tribute? Again, very worthy of honor. I don't deny that. But I felt like the obits that I read were, I really can't add to that. I really didn't know Vin Scully. Certainly respected his work. He was absolutely as good as anybody ever was. But I don't have sports card insights to add to that. I don't think I have any Vin Scully autograph cards. I know I've got some Vin Scully cards, but he doesn't have that many cards. And if I did have an autograph card of Vin Scully, I'd probably put him on my wall. He's worthy of being on my wall of fame. The third one is, I'm going to make it anonymous, but it's somebody that's criticizing Panini. And let me just talk about the way Panini is being criticized. And he said, I know the person and he's very willing to share his opinions. And he's not way off base. It's just that he has a perspective. And he just says, Padini makes more than a few mistakes, and they're more than small mistakes. They're mainly making money because they have a monopoly. And then he says some other disparaging things, and that he's willing to say that to the employees, tell them to their face. I do respect people that are not anonymous, and he's not anonymous to me. I know who this is. And I know that he probably would say it, but again, we're talking about mistakes, not crimes, <laughs> and nobody's perfect. So are they making intentional mistakes? Are they taking advantage of the fact that if it's not a monopoly, they have duopoly where they're a very small number. And so there is some opportunity there, but I don't think they're doing criminal things. They're trying to make as much money as they can uh, without uh, ruining things. So the, the people I know there uh, do have a sense of wanting to do the right thing. And as for monopoly, um, there are very few things that are really a monopoly because if you press your monopoly and you raise your prices, there's so many other things to do with a hundred bucks or 500 bucks or a thousand bucks in this world rather than buy a card or a box. Anyway, I do appreciate the perspective and I do hope that y'all will tell these companies, any company, whether my sponsors or not, tell them to their face and give them some specifics. Number four was from Ben Bram. I've been on before. Got an advanced collector, loves postcards and photos, especially pre-rookie things. So I've had a nice correspondence with him. We were trying to get together at the national and his question or comment was he said i would never spend a thousand dollars on one card but i would buy 10 cards at a hundred dollars each he says i'm clearly doing things backwards no it's just the flip side of that frankly i'm buying a thousand cards at a dollar each and so if you're going to spend a thousand dollars how do you want to spend it one card ten cards hundred cards thousand cards or anything in between 
But I find that in a dollar box, there's enough interest there that it's not necessarily a base common. There's something interesting about it that put it in that box. And uh, so anyway, Ben, I'm with you on that in spirit. He mentions that he couldn't get internet or phone service inside uh, the National. And I think that was true of a lot of people. I was getting a spotty service, and so we weren't able to connect. He did mention that he thought he saw me sitting at a table looking at a baseball bat. And he said, I think that might have been your double and hopefully not an evil twin. Ben, it was not an evil twin. It was not me. I'd like to know who it was. Wearing a checkered shirt, which is not me. So if you were wearing a black and white checkered shirt, contact me. I'll see if you're a long lost cousin or something. But thanks, Ben. And I do hope we can connect at a future time. Sorry about that. Next one was from Adam Nachi commenting about my interview with Kunal Chopra, the new Beckett CEO. And nice uh, comment here about uh, concern about making changes to the branding or slab. There's a risk associated with that. I do agree. I do make a distinction between the brand and the logo. I don't think there's anything wrong with a logo, but the new leadership, I think they're trying to signify moving forward in a different way by having a new logo. I hope it's the same brand promise of leadership in the industry and doing things with accuracy and integrity. But again, any change bothers some people. But he does mention that myself or my company has been around a long time. I think we're the of the corporates at the National were the second oldest one being in the hobby. Benini was older. Heritage uh, arguably could be older, but not within the Heritage Sports or Panini America. I don't want brand confusion, but Beckett Media ought to be allowed to update their logo while they're updating their web presence. And as far as the slab, I agree, that's problematic. You're going to have some new slabs, some old slabs. When I was visiting with the guys back in the grading area at the National, I didn't get the impression that a final decision had been made, but that there would be a change in the logo on the slab that had not been finalized yet. Thanks for your comment. Next one was from ASMR People. have mentioned that he or, or they, I don't know what the pronoun is for ASMR People, but let's say they, uh, you just said you're pretty funny on the SCI video. Well, SCI is not going to stand for Sports Card Insights. It stands for Sports Card Investor. I was on with the Jeff Wilson. In fact, I had so much fun with it and had a little bit of time before we even started that I'm running the audio version of some of that because Jeff happened to be over at Burbank when I was there and he said, let's do a box break. I said, fine. But Sports Card Investor, Jeff has his own ecosystem. That was good to bump into him and he made it fun. And so that's a break for me. I was the big winner, even though I allowed him to retain what he had paid for. He paid for the whole thing. So I wasn't going to take the Griffey as a as a part of that. Next was from John Doe, who's written before. Again, a lot of interest in this Dennis Walker thing that Shui and I talked about. It just made me think about that again. And John Doe, who I guess looks into these kind of things, said, you maybe should talk about the disappearance of Philip Breen, who was one of the owners in the senior baseball league from 30 years ago, and these still eluded law enforcement. I don't want to ignore the negative, but that was somebody in the mortgage business doing some things that they haven't figured out yet, potentially a pyramid scheme. But thanks, John, for bringing that up. Again, it's negative, but it just shows you've got to be wary. Even when somebody's throwing around a bunch of money, if you don't know the person, be careful. 99% of the people in the industry are really good, but 1% can burn you pretty bad sometimes. The last one, it's a question from my pod page website from Michael Gehring. And he says, when you were publishing the checklist in the Beckett price guides, where did that data come from? He's assuming from the manufacturers directly, but he notes that there have always been cards that are in the checklist, but they don't exist. They never surfaced. Um, he says, is it possible they provide data on cards they intend to produce 
but some don't make it. And you're generally right. We accepted anything we got from the card companies, and some were better than others about sending us information in advance. But that information in advance is like the PR release. Those were not 100% accurate, and we had to verify. Similarly, the checklists of cards, the actual card checklist is not always 100% accurate. There can be misspellings, there can be just wrong, they could have replaced somebody, and that's happened for decades. So the final analysis, and as I've said, when we did our price guides, I think part of the trust that we built up is that we really were savvy on the exceptions, that maybe the checklist says that, maybe the company says that. But we're looking at the card, and that's not the card. It's misnumbered or there's something. And so we had to report what it was. And the proliferation of autographs, again, the card companies get a lot of criticism for sticker autos and uh, redemptions and things like that. But it's got to be depending on these athletes and celebrities to return the cards, to be certified, to be notarized. And to make sure that they're all done right, they're inserted back in the product if they get there late. I don't know that I'm saying I wonder that there aren't more mistakes because I don't want there to be any mistakes. But there's a whole sequence here that needs to happen in order. And if it doesn't, things can get messed up. So I'm not blaming anybody. I know we we spent, I would say, an inordinate amount of time. We had to double check things that ought to be obvious and no change. But like I said, that's been the case for decades, four or five or six decades. You go back into the 50s and 60s, there's missing numbers. And so your key word there, Michael, was intended. There has been suspicion that there were intentional errors or corrections of cards at times back, say, 30 years ago when the error craze was going on. But I think that's a blip. In most cases, these are unintentional errors that are, if they're corrected, then there's a variation. And even that doesn't happen as much. Again, the variations that I see now the last few years are intentional and they're identified as such. And the card companies do a much better job of sending out not just to the publishers for magazines or websites, but that information is more available. And I would say you could take it to the bank, but you just got to be careful. You could be looking for an autograph that's on a checklist or in the literature for being in the product. And uh, it just isn't there. It's like the Napoleon Lajouet enigma. Kids in 1933 kept buying packs to try to finish their card. Uh, couldn't get card number 106. Uh, I don't think the card companies are doing that now. Their intentions are to have this group of athletes in the product as willing signers. And sometimes that doesn't happen. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for your questions. Keep them coming. And I will be back again tomorrow with another episode.